Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. We are super excited that you have chosen to spend part of your weekend joining with us online this morning. And if this is one of your first times here, a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you better, but right now, while we're doing online services like this, it's hard for us to see who's here for the first time. So one of the best things that you can do for us to help us out is let us know you're here. You can comment online, you can send us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca. And really, this is for everybody watching. Uh, one of the best things that you can do right now to stay up to date with some of the stuff happening at Cedar Valley that we're just doing in our ministries, uh, our prayer requests that are coming through our congregation because we love to pray for each other, um, that there's still a few little meetings happening safely, stuff like that, uh, is to sign up for our email newsletter. And you can do that at our website, cedarvalley.ca. There'll be a little pop-up that's gonna come up. Uh, just give us your name and email, or you can scroll to the bottom of any page. There's the same kind of form. Uh, so yeah, sign up for that email and you know, it's. It's not spam, it, it, well, it's good spam, right? We do some, uh, we do weekly updates. We also have a midweek devotional post. And uh, yeah, so really good things happening there. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram for just routine updates of what's happening around the church. We like to just let you know the kind of stuff that we're thinking of or praying for in our city. Uh, we also love the interaction to hear from you back. You can comment on our posts. So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, we're there as well. Uh, it's summertime, so we have a few things coming up uh, that's news. Uh, this evening, Sunday evening, it, one of the first things we're going to be doing this summer is bedtime stories for the kids. We have our Bible Adventures teachers and our pastors uh, are going to be reading some wholesome, great message uh, bedtime stories for the kids. We're going to be sending that out through email so you can watch the video again on your phone or tablet or TV whatever it is, just in the evening and just uh, end the evening off and start the week off right. And we're really excited for that. Tonight, we got Pastor Rob starting it out. So if you need any help connecting with that, letting us know, uh, you can give us a phone call here or again, head over to our website, sign up for that email in the newsletter. We'll make sure that everybody who's part of that gets this uh, link. Another thing do that we're doing this week is what we're calling COVID Cafe. And what that is, is really just our longing to pray for each other, fellowship together, have a little bit of safe face-to-face -face interaction. And so Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m., we're gonna be uh, gathering here. It's just an open invite. We've got the parking lot. We've got a nice field if the weather's great. Uh, if the weather's not great, we've got a few large spaces inside that are safe. And so again, with all the protocols in place, we're looking forward to just an open invite to hang out midweek all throughout the summer, COVID Cafe. That's Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And one of the things that we really love doing as a church is praying. We, we pray for the mission and vision of what Cedar Valley is doing as a church. We pray for our city. We pray for our healthcare workers, our frontline workers, our police. We pray for the injustices in the world, but we also pray for each other, for specific hardships that we're going through. And you can uh, send us prayer requests either by phoning them in, our phone number 604-826-2445. Uh, or email us, pray at cedarvalley.ca. Head over to our website, there's a form there. And you can also get on our prayer chain. We have uh, a lot of people who just love to hear these prayer requests coming in and pour their hearts out praying and lifting these things up to God. And speaking of prayer, we're gonna just uh, start this service off with a time of prayer. So join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for 
this day, God. Thank you for being with us in our homes as we worship you, God, as we uh, just get up in the morning, we join together, God, even though it's different, it's online, that you are here. So I just pray that you are blessing all of these little home churches that are happening now all over the place now, God. Dozens and dozens of families, friends, even just by yourself with a laptop or a phone, worshiping you and learning about you, God. So I just pray that you bless that. God, we also just celebrated Canada Day, and we thank you for the the freedom and honestly just ease of life that we've had here, God, but really that we have a country that we can live in where we can just praise you and share your good news, the message of your sacrifice and your salvation freely, God. So we just thank you for that. God, we pray for your continued leadership, but God, just guide the leaders of our country, God, with wisdom, with discernment, God, uh, this nation needs your truth, needs your healing, God, uh, and our neighbors to the south as they're going to be celebrating. Uh, they just did celebrate July 4th. God, um, there is so much brokenness in our world as a whole, but we can feel that immediately here. And only your gospel, your good news is what can really break the chains of whether it's racism or distrust, the economic ties that just rule so many people's lives, God. We need your rule in our lives more than ever right now. God for health. There are so many people in our congregation, especially who are just uh, going through, whether it's just mental health uh, in times of just being alone or all the rain God gets us down. There's physical health ailments happening too, and not even just COVID stuff, God, but there are people battling health as we're trying to get healing. So we're praying for your miraculous healing in those lives, God, and you know what they are. I pray that, in fact, everybody who's joining this prayer, listening online right now, will just lift those individual specific prayers up to you, God, because you can heal. And God, specifically too, we just think of a missionary from our church uh, who's just uh, looking to come back home, God, Pam, we just pray that you uh, guide her safely, God, that you allow doors and travel options to be opened up so that she can come back here and recover and rest for a little bit. And the travel's really difficult right now, God, so we need your blessing on that specifically. God, for the financial and prayerful giving that's been happening to continue supporting the work and ministries of Cedar Valley. Just pray that you bless that, God. And again, thank you for the efforts and the passion that is poured into services like this for ministries that are happening all around mission to spread your kingdom. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, we have got a great service coming up. In just a few moments, we're going to be led in some worship with some of our new studio recorded worship. So I hope that, that you engage with that really well. We have got a great kids message coming from Pastor Doug. So stick around for that. Don't tune it off too soon. That's going to be fun. There's fishy crackers involved. So... I'm keeping my eyes peeled for that. And after that, we're going to be doing a message on communion with Pastor Rob. And at the end of that, hopefully, if you don't have it yet, make sure you've got some juice and bread or anything to drink and eat. Uh, if you want to join in communion, the Lord's Supper with that. And Pastor Rob's going to be talking about what that looks like as an act of remembrance and really is something that we do as followers of Jesus. But we're going to be doing that at the very end of the service. So it's going to be a great service. Uh, looking forward to it. But just before we get into that, for a minute, we just celebrated Canada Day. It poured rain all day, but maybe some of you are watching from a little bit further away and the weather was nice. But just take a minute, hop onto the comment section of Facebook or YouTube, and let us know what you got up to for Canada Day. Thanks, Cedar Valley.
at Cedar Valley, good morning. Welcome to church. Please join with us as we worship.
creating the all creating one God almighty and through your Holy Spirit conceiving Christ the Son Jesus our Savior I believe And our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious life. Forever seated high. I believe. Hey there Cedar Valley kids, it is really good to be with you again. Did you happen to notice what I have here on the table right in front of me? <laughs> That's right, it looks like a pretty cool snack. Maybe you haven't had breakfast yet, or maybe it's already almost snack time, but you know what? We're just going to leave that till a little bit later. First of all, I have some things that I want to talk to you about. 
Now, do your parents or maybe your teachers ever say things like, oh, don't forget to do that or remember to do this? I bet you hear that a lot. And I wonder what some of those things that they'd be telling to you not to forget to do or to make sure you remember to do would be. Well, they may say things like, don't forget to put your shoes away or remember to hang up your coat or don't forget to brush your teeth. Remember to wash your hands with soap. Don't forget to say please and thank you. Or how about remember to take your lunch or don't forget to do your homework. Remember to feed the dog. You know what? There are so many things to remember, so many things not to forget that sometimes, well, we just miss some of them. And you know what? All of these are important, but don't feel bad. That's okay. Because you know what? The more that you do something, the easier it is to remember to do it. But I want to tell you about some things that Jesus asked us to remember. And they were really important. Now, can you think maybe what are some of the important things that Jesus asked us to remember? Well, listen to this verse and maybe it will help you remember what Jesus wants us to remember. It goes like this. God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You may know where that verse is from. It's from the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. And you know what? That is so amazing. God loves you so much. And do you know that when it says in the verse, God loved the world so much, you know what the world is? Well, that's you. And you know the part that says he sent his son or he gave his son? Well, that means that Jesus didn't stay in heaven. He came down and lived on the earth. And he also took all of those bad things that, you know, sometimes we do, we call it sin. And he took it on himself and he took them to the cross and he died a really, really sad death so that we wouldn't have to die in our sins. Jesus loves you so much. And because he loves you so much, he wants you to remember how much he loves you. And you know, when he was on the earth, just before he went to the cross and died with all of our sins on it. He was hanging out with his friends and he told them, guys, I want you to remember me. And when you get together, I want you to do something special. I want you to take a drink from this cup and have a little piece of bread. And when you do that, you'll remember that I died for you so you can live now, Jesus used a cup of wine and he used a, a piece of flat bread probably. But today, we're going to use something a little bit different. 
we're going to use these things that you have sitting right in front of you, and we're going to use the grapes, because wine is made from grapes, and, well, we're going to use some fishy crackers right here, because you know what? Fishy crackers are just plain old cool. Everybody loves fishy crackers. And also, did you know that a long time ago, the people that believed in Jesus, they used the fish symbol to show that they believed in Jesus. Well, so what we're going to do, you're not going to take them just yet, but in just a moment, Pastor Rob, he is going to preach about communion to all the adults. And while he's doing that, I want you to take the grapes that you have and the fishy crackers that you have, and I want you to get a nice plate, and I want you to arrange them. Could you please arrange them on the plate? Some for every person in your family, maybe a few grapes, and maybe a few fishy crackers, and arrange them all really nicely, and then just get ready. And then, when Pastor Rob finishes preaching, and our church service is over, we're going to have a time of communion. That's taking these things to remember Jesus. And what I want you to do is to take the plate and I want you to serve the adults in your house. And when you serve them, I would like you to do two things. First one, I want you to ask the adults what they are thankful to Jesus for, for what he's done. And then, after they've done that, I want you to tell them something that you're thankful to Jesus for, for how much He loves you. And then you can all have this time together. I think it's going to be a really great time with your family. So have a wonderful time remembering how much Jesus loves you, and we're going to see you again next week. Cedar Valley Church. Imagine that a friend has invited you to join him for an event that's really important to him. He doesn't tell you much about it other than there will be other people there, other nice people like him. You enter, people are, are dressed differently than you. Even your buddy has put on a clean and colored shirt. You're warmly welcomed, and you are even offered a cup of coffee. You take a seat with your friend, and you wait for things to begin. A nice man then appears on stage, introduces himself, and welcomes everyone to the gathering. He shares what he calls a few announcements, then proceeds to tell you what's coming up in what he calls the service. Then he bows his head and begins talking. Talking to someone, but you're not sure who he's talking to because he's bowed his head and, and it looks like he's closed his eyes. You turn to your friend and you ask him, what's he doing? And your friend answers you, he, he's praying, like that explains it. You settle in, you, you close your eyes because everyone else is, and you silently wonder, when can I open them again? The host has invited what he called a, a worship team to come up and lead everybody in what you would later describe as a kind of group karaoke 
singing words that were completely foreign to you. This is followed by a guy who shared a talk from a book that you've never read, who also closes his teaching time with his head bowed and his eyes closed, talking to someone you can't see. As if all of this wasn't strange enough, it, it gets even stranger. The talking head, the guy who just finished speaking, now leads this participative time where people eat a piece of bread and drink some juice in memory of this guy named Jesus. He reads from the book that you haven't read, and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Wait, what? Why do you eat and drink somebody's body and blood? Yikes! The Flourishing Congregations Institute of Canada has reported in its national survey of churches that four out of every ten British Columbians say that they have no religion or no religious affiliation. People described in the survey as religious nuns. Nuns, N-O-N-E-S, religious nuns, not Nuns, N-U-N-S, religious nuns, because that just wouldn't make any sense because nuns, of course, are religious, but I digress. What I'm saying is this, that statistically, 40% of the people we might invite to church would find what we believe and do as followers of Jesus strange and very disconnected from their day-to-day -day experience. And yet, this same study indicates that the number one reason for someone to become a member of a church and its congregation, its family, is through personal invitation. We're beginning a summer teaching series this morning called Ask Why. Our hope is to give brief, thoughtful, Bible-based answers to some of the questions that these religious nuns in our lives have about what we believe and how we apply our faith. Why do you eat and drink somebody's body and blood is the first of these questions. Why is this teaching series so important? Because having brief, thoughtful, Bible-based answers to our friends' questions about why we believe what we believe and why we do the things that we do based on what we believe is actually a loving thing to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we have to have all the answers to all of our friends' spiritual questions, like we need to be some kind of walking treasury of spiritual knowledge or religious Google. I'm just saying, actually, one of the Bible's authors, Peter, is just saying, and I quote here from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 in the Bible, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, so anyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have, hope being derived from faith, but do this with gentleness and respect. This said, we won't always have 
an answer to all of our friends' questions, and that's okay. They're our friends, right? Explore questions with them. Ask them their thoughts. Do some reading together. Ask around and get together again for more discussion. The second reason why this series is so important is because it's helpful for our own faith, especially through difficult seasons and times of doubt, like the kind of season we're in. To have given reasonable thought to what we believe and why we do the things that we do so that our faith would be built on some solid thinking. And then finally, this series is so important because it's a reminder that Canada, the country in which we live, the province in which we live, is post-Christian. That as Christians, we might seem outdated and irrelevant or worse to many Canadians. And so we owe it to our countrymen and women to reach out to them in love, like our God does, with a thoughtful faith. Why, why do we eat and drink somebody's body and blood? Let's get after that question. Well, the short answer is we don't, we're not cannibals, and we're not a cult. Though this is precisely what my sister-in-law thought when she went to church for the very first time with my brother-in-law. And she had every reason to think so. Listen again to the reading we began with from a book that, remember, she would never have read, like many religious nuns of our day. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Okay, let's go backwards so that we can go forwards here, sort of like a swing. These are the words of Jesus as recorded by an eyewitness in the room at that time, but the words were recorded sometime later, maybe 30 years from that time, in what is called the Gospel of Luke, one of four biographies on the life of Jesus that we can find in the Bible. Jesus is in a room with 12 of his closest friends and followers. They're eating the Passover meal, a Jewish meal for a Jewish holiday, designed to help Jewish people remember how God rescued their people from Egyptian slavery. He gave thanks to God for the bread, which would have been the custom of our Jewish friends at the time, broke it, as this bread here in the foreground is pictured, is broken, and gave it to them and said, this is my body given to you, which is where it becomes a little bit tricky. Could Jesus have meant his literal body? No. Jesus wasn't passing out chunks of his flesh for his friends to eat. We should understand this phrase in the same way our Jewish friends understood what they said and still say today over their Passover meal, their Passover bread, which is, quoting, This is the bread of affliction our ancestors ate when they came from Egypt. So, of course, that bread isn't that bread. From an event that took place roughly 3,300 years ago, it's a symbol for that bread. Just as the bread that Jesus gave to his disciples was a symbol. A symbol of what, though, is a great question. Well, a symbol that Jesus would shortly give his life, his 
body in order to save everyone, not just Jewish people out of slavery at a specific time in history. In the same way, he took a wine cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Like the bread, the cup and its wine were symbolic. Again, of what? Of a new covenant, he goes on to say, of a new agreement, a new way of relating to God, sealed by the blood Jesus shed on a Roman cross around 2,000 years ago. You see, agreements then were ratified by blood, not by paper and pen with signatures like they are today. Jesus shed blood seals the new agreement that God extends to everybody, that agreement being this, forgiveness and full life with him. But like any agreement, it takes two parties to ratify it. So here's the question for you to consider today. Will you, have you, do you believe that the God who loves you and made you sees you and sees the burden of the sin you carry, the awful things we do to each other, and that he offers to remove that burden, to forgive you of your sin and mine through his son, Jesus Christ. I do. And so do those who call themselves Christians. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that I never sin. It just means that I'm forgiven. And yet, it's precisely because I am forgiven that I'm trying to sin less out of gratefulness to a God who forgives me. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus finally says, and this is why we eat and drink somebody's body and blood, though not literally. I'm just answering the question why. Just as the Passover meal was designed to help Jewish people remember how God rescued their people from Egyptian slavery, what we call communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's table is a way for us to remember that God rescued us from our bondage to sin, to borrow the metaphor of slavery. Like the old string tied around your finger to help you remember something, or like the new school calendar push reminder on our phones. It's being reminded of what's important. My sister-in-law eventually accepted God's offer of forgiveness and now lives a life free from the burden of sin, if not free from the problems of this life. She is now a licensed Christian counselor. Communion isn't strange to her anymore. It's just a beautiful mystery. Now, here's what I'm going to ask of you this morning. If you don't believe that God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, talk to somebody about your doubts. Do some research. Ask yourself why. Secondly, if you do believe that God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, talk to someone. Talk to each other or someone else about your faith and talk about what communion means and why we celebrate it. Now, if you're ready, if you've accepted God's offer of forgiveness, then ready yourself to celebrate communion. 
Examine your life for the sin in your life. Acknowledge it. Grieve it. Then take the bread and some juice or some reasonable substitutes in your home like crackers and some fruit. And remember, they're just symbols and thank God for his forgiveness. You can take them one at a time or you can take them together remembering what our forgiveness cost Jesus, his broken body and shed blood. Gruesome for him. Relief for us from our burden. I'm going to pray for you and then I'll invite you after my prayer to take part in communion in your home is where you are. So let's pray. And I'm going to do that by bowing my head and closing my eyes to help me focus. Father, indeed, communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, as we, or the Lord's Table, as we describe it variously, it's this really sober moment because we know what it cost Christ, or we have this sense of what it cost Christ. But it's also this moment of great joy. It, this is literally that person who steps out in front of the bullet that's meant for us and takes it, saving our life, giving his. So we are grateful and we honor Jesus Christ as the one who uh, accomplishes our forgiveness, as the one who we say, oh, I want to follow you and be like you and live a rich, abundant life in the best ways possible as designed by the one who's made us. We acknowledge that it cost you, Jesus, your broken body and shed blood, beat up on that cross, to hang there dripping with blood. Not to get too graphic, but for us to, to remember, to be sobered by that, to be responsive to it, not out of guilt, but out of gratefulness. Thank you that you would do it for us, Jesus. You who had the sinless life for, for me, for us who really struggle. Thanks for cleansing us and making us right in relationship with the one who's made us and loves us. We praise you for it. And now as we turn to celebrate this together, I pray that we remember these things and continue to remember these things as we practice communion, but also through the weeks to come, that you love us and you've given your life to us. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, I pray it. Amen. So I invite you to take the elements now that you've assembled and pray and remember and enjoy Jesus. God bless Cedar Valley.